Welcome to this week's episode of Bean Talk. We've got a great show for you lined up this week. We're going to be diving deep into the world of Atomo. Now, if you've never heard of this company before, they are based out in the US and they claim that they can make a cup of coffee without actually using any coffee beans or produce from a coffee plant. How does this work? Well, we don't know, but we're going to talk about it and see if we can find out. Hey, listen, so yeah. today what we're going to do is... Uh, we're not going to I, talk I, about coffee. No, we are. We're going to, well, actually, funny enough, we're going to be talking about not coffee. Uh, <laughs> Ooh. So we're not, yeah, <laughs> see what I did there? We're not going to talk that about coffee. That was pretty clever of me. I'm the fly, and like, honestly, just, that was just bang. Brilliant. I'm on the form. Man, we should yeah. be a dynamic Because, well, because, <laughs> well, uh, and you know, what we need to do, Max, is find a scientist for this episode. I know. Uh, uh, let, let, me, let me check. <laughs> if you know anybody... <laughs> I got it. Is that, is that your Rolodex? Is that the sound of your Rolodex? <laughs> I just, I just... It's got some paper. <laughs> my dad had a Rolodex. My dad had a Rolodex. I think he's... No, actually, my dad has still got a Rolodex. And if you ask him for a number, he, he goes away from the phone. Just one minute. I'll see if I can find George's number. And then you can the back and he's got this little thing and it's a big metal Rolodex. Mm. And people don't really know what a Rolodex is, but it's like a big metal wheel. Yeah, it's that thing that you see with the number all of the movies. cards in them. Yeah. You see in all of the American and, movies and uh, you always wonder what that is. That's a Rolodex. That's it. And he flicks through and he goes, let me see, George, would I put him under G for George or A for Abernathy? Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> he flicks through, <laughs> pulls out the card. Here it is. Um, <laughs> which is, I think is rather rather endearing. But what we're going to do is we're going to talk about Atomo. 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 Coffee. Or oh, Atomo is probably the better way of pronouncing it. <laughs> um, you always have to be right, don't you, Max? Yeah, it's kind of my thing, really. <laughs> I suppose it's kind of useful, you know, yeah. in the field of being a scientist. See, that's why I'd make a terrible scientist. I would be less close enough. Let's go to the pub. You know? Yeah, you would be actually great in industry. You have <sighs> what? To, what? Yeah, in industry. It's, uh, when, whenever it's good enough, it's good enough. You don't, you don't have to make it perfect. Perfect, it, ah, well, is, the worst perfect is the enemy of good. Yep. I wanted to say that first <laughs> before you said it. <laughs> <laughs> I could just I could just twiddle the knob and turn your volume down so that they, they didn't know you said anything. Atomo, Atomo, Atomo. Is it? Are you sure it's Atomo? Pretty sure, pretty sure. It's the Italian uh-huh. version of. Atomo. Did you call up the? Uh, did you call up the founders and check? No, the founders are American, so they will correct me. Yeah, I have been corrected exactly. by Americans on how to pronounce bruschetta. So, oh yeah. yeah. Oh, you mean I think bruschetti? you'll find uh, Max. I think you'll believe it's uh, it's bruschetta. No, actually, bruschetti. Bruschetti, yeah, yeah. Max. It's uh, oh, you mean bruschetti, right? Um, yeah. You're like no, I mean the correct pronunciation. I actually didn't know it. I call it bruschetti as well. Is is that wrong? Yeah, very. Does that annoy you? Yes. Oh, carry on. Because I got some bruschetti right here. Is <laughs> does that? <laughs> Careful! I have a I have a cup of coffee. I could be slurping here. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Hey, also talking about coffee, we're also going to talk about the coffee we're drinking, mm-hmm. uh, which which is there's a couple that we've been drinking, but we haven't really done a big sort of coffee thing for a while, yeah. for a couple of weeks. But but the reason <laughs> the reason is 
I'm still drinking all that coffee. That that <laughs> I'm still having that. Actually, I'm having that right now, <laughs> and I have to make amends. Yeah, that Carvetti sent over, yeah. you know, for our for our for the test that we were that we did, and uh, and I'm still drinking it. Yeah, I mean, fa- I'm drinking it as fast as I can. It's amazing because it's. Uh, I'm. I think I have the last couple coming out, but yeah, um, me too. I mean, it's amazing because we had the time to actually dial in and dwell into different tests and things. Um, I ended up making actually a last um, a last blend because I had leftovers. So I think that's in the true spirit mm. of blend, <laughs> right? Yeah, absolutely. You just throw it all together, whatever's left. Exactly. So I had everything left and I threw it all together. So it's about 5% or less uh, Colombian and all all uh, the um, Kefa Bonga. Ethiopian. Yes. Yeah. And uh, it's quite nice, actually. And I have it, to admit, it, it yes, I have to admit that. So I have been using the Nova Simonelli, which has a different basket, and that does not take uh, 18 grams. So I've been doing it in 16 grams, and it's actually very different. It's very, very nice. Yeah. So you have. Yeah, no, it, it is. I definitely was hitting the. I tried 18 grams, it didn't work for this. Yeah. So I was using 16 grams uh, always, and they have to get the right basket, otherwise it just screws yeah. it up. Yeah. And I will tell you more, actually. It's amazing in cappuccino. It's oh, tell really me now. good. Sur- yeah, I was surprised. Bad. Really amazing. It, it it works really well. I think I might have enough. I think I've got two cups left. I might make a cappuccino. Mm. I've got my milk in the fridge though. Yeah, I have to wait till my son goes. He, my son, the only one who drinks milk here is my son. So I have to wait till he goes out, get some milk, and then steal it. Uh, I always feel like when I'm stealing some of the stuff he's got in the fridge, I always feel like it's compensation for the fact that he's never paid me rent. So I justify it like yeah. that. I yeah, eat you're right. protein bars, his milk and everything else. And he comes down, he's like, you know, wh- where's where's all that shopping I bought? I'm like, yeah, where's my rent? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But definitely try a cappuccino with that because it really works. Uh-huh. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right, good to go. So we've also got that you you gave me, I came around and you you gave me something that I thought was a punishment. And it wasn't, uh, was it? <laughs> the, the dark arts coffee yeah i mean i, I secretly I have, thought you'd laced it with rat poison i have banned your 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 soul uh for, for that one <laughs> <laughs> these guys these guys are not serious which is why i like it yeah um, they're totally insane and I, I i really like them for that they don't take them, them serious, seriously at all yeah yeah they're not serious at all. I mean, they actually say on their box, we've never made a business decision sober. I think that possibly shows through in their coffee. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I think, I, I think it was pretty cool. I mean, I love the box. It came. The box is good. Look, everything's good about it. Um, the only thing that I, 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 so I have to, I find that I have to use a very fine grind and quite a lot of coffee. Mm-hmm. Especially what, what, what is it? I've, I've got it right here. Is there a particular type of coffee? Do they do, how does it say? It says, Oh yeah, it, it, is. it just it is it is just dark arts. It, they just do the one coffee, do they? No, 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 no. They do many. Well, which one is this? It doesn't. This it doesn't is, say. This is uh, the devil. The devil look, looks after their own. Oh, the devil looks after his own. Okay, I didn't know that was the that was the name of the coffee. I thought yeah, that was it's just probably the, another business decision of how to name it. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, so we so in that particular um, bean. Uh, I don't know if it's a blend or what they've got it's in there. Bean. I actually didn't even it's look. Bean. It's in the tag on the outside. I can't read it because my eyes. I need to get reading glasses now. <laughs> I have to hold everything back. It's a Colombian, I think, or uh, yeah, Central America. Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah. Well, well, what I find um, with this particular bean 
is that it is uh, I have to put more coffee in because it runs very fast mm-hmm. at a uh, at a quite a fine fine grind, and uh, and I still need to pack about twenty grams in. Um, and then I get nice tasting coffee, but it, the, the, the only basket it seems to work in is my, um, my bottomless, mm. my bottomless, uh, the, the basket that fits into my bottomless portafilter. So the triple shot. It's a triple shot. And, um, and, uh, and then it just, it, it doesn't come through in those lovely single streams that everyone does on Instagram. It spits all over the place, and I sit through them, sit there with my cup, trying to catch as much of it as I can. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've actually, I've actually got some decent shots out of it. Um, if uh-huh. I grind too fine, actually, I that happened only once, and it was really weird. So I ground very, mm. very fine because again, I was coming through very fast, and I think it was because I was a little eager and um, I didn't let it rest for a bit. It was too early. Ah. I ground super fine, oh. almost Turkish style. And uh, when it came through, there were oil droplets hanging on top of the coffee, which was super weird. Right. And it was definitely coffee oil because it was extremely acidic. Yeah. Yeah, there is this. It's a weird, frankly, it's a slightly weird and, and not un- unpleasant uh, kind of flavor, but but, but it's, it's very roasty. Yeah. Kind of, but also very uh, I was trying to try to define in a in a in an erudite way the type of acidity, but I, I'll just get it wrong and make a fool of myself. But you're right, there's this sort of super acidic element to it with the roast, which makes quite um quite an interesting it's flavor profile. Fruit. Oh, it's a cooked fruit. It's like you, you looked like it up uh, into you cheated. Plums or like something like that. It's yeah, it is a plummy. It is a plummy kind yeah. of that dive jam. No, okay, you're reading off a box somewhere. No, 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 no. My glasses on. No, no. Yeah? I'm telling you that's that's what I think. I, I, what have you been? Have you been reading a book again? <laughs> you know, we spoke, Sometimes I do. You spoke about this last time. <laughs> I've um, I, every time I drink it, I think of you know a non-sweetened jam uh, with like I don't know plum or something something dark with dark fruit. Yeah. Yeah. Makes me think of that because it is acidic, but it's not good. unpleasant. It just it leaves your mouth sweet after that. Yeah, it's a good way of putting it. It's basically exactly what I was about to say. Uh, so, okay, thank you, Max. Uh, <laughs> that described it very well. Um, so, that we've been drinking a bit of that. We've been slurping uh, Gareth's coffee mm-hmm. um, from uh, from Carvetti, which is very nice. I've, I stopped experimenting because I know what I like now. I just throw it together. Yeah, and. Uh, Actually, I alternate between um, slightly more Ethiopian and slightly more Colombian because that way it uh, it evens out. Um, it evened out. It evens out how much of each I'm using, so mm-hmm. I, I keep the blend going to the end. So I pretty much uh, pretty much nailed that. And uh, I have two coffees in the morning, and I have one is uh, one is the the devil takes care of his own, and the other one is is uh, Carvetti's. Mm-hmm. And um, but I've ordered some more, haven't I? Fancy pants. Ordered some more. Uh, and from Amaret, okay. which we'll talk about another time. So, so that should come next, next. Yeah, it should come next week. Well, yeah, the coffee is going to come next week, but uh, next week we'll take us a week or two to drink it. Yeah. So I don't know what we're going to talk about next week. Damn it! Yeah, we're going to okay. do the review of the of the devil look after itself anyway. He's on. Okay, we'll, we'll do, we'll do a proper review. Whatever. It's yeah. guys, we really yeah. get a better name. Call it like Giovanni or Jeff Franco. I mean, something else, but. 
Yeah. One word. Yeah. 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 I did that because that doesn't look like a name. Anyway, so we're going to, um, I really wanted to, for a while, mm-hmm. talk about Atomo. Yes. Uh, Atomo. Uh, and because I found it so interesting what they were doing, and not just from a product point of view, but also from sort of an environmental point of view and whether and, and what the impact of that's going to be. Um, and you'll understand more when we talk about and we reveal, if you're not familiar with Atomo, uh, I guess I should explain what it is. Um, yeah. Shall I explain what it is, Max? Yes. Yes. Or do you want so, me to do it? Uh, well, you know, I wanted to start with, I mean, you know, if I start with the simple stuff and then I'll, I'll smoothly hand over to you right. for all the difficult techniques. Let's stuff. do that. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. So Atomo, um, was started out as a Kickstarter campaign. I'm trying to think when it was, I think it was, um, I think it was, uh, end of last year, pretty sure or something like that. Um, but they had this Kickstarter campaign with a, a, a few of them. Oh, here we go. Oh, no, this is last updated. Last updated is September 2020. So they, um, a group of entrepreneurs came together and said, okay, uh, let's go and make coffee without the beans. You, that's obviously, you know, odd sounding mm-hmm. because coffee comes from coffee beans, right? Yeah. And they said, well, we, we, we think there's a problem, which is, that it's not sustainable and we anybody in the industry knows that this is a a big issue um that uh climate change is having an impact on especially on arabica uh coffee Mm -hmm. um but there's also a, a fair amount of deforestation that's attributed to people planting coffee trees so they said well um this would be terrible if uh if you know, if the, our our Arabica coffee disappears off the planet because of climate change, and, and if you're just to give an understanding of why that is the case, um, Arabica coffee in particular grows near the equator, and it's it's quite fussy. It's a bit like I imagine an Italian girlfriend. Uh, it, <laughs> I've no, never actually had an Italian girlfriend, so I can't comment. But it's uh, quite a uh, sort of a high maintenance type. Um, plant and specifically it grows within a a short temperature range and that temperature range has to occur at at um at uh at certain times of the year um that is to say it needs enough time when it's not too warm for the coffee cherry to uh to 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 grow and to mature inside um sorry the, the the coffee seed to grow inside the coffee cherry to mature Different species can be can be produced that will uh, strains that can be produced that will be more resilient to climate, much like the robusta mm-hmm. plant, in fact, is. Um, but that's kind of going a little slowly. In fact, there's a project that's just finished, uh, like a two or four year project that's finished, and, and there's a webinar on that in Uganda coming up in the next couple of weeks, which I'll be attending perhaps a little bit more about. But um, the bottom line is, it hasn't been solved right now, and these guys decided that um, they would uh, take matters into their own hands and see if they could reverse engineer what makes coffee coffee. And 
if they could take that down to a molecular level, mm-hmm. maybe even an atomic level, and this is at the edge of my my knowledge area, so this is at some stage where I'll hand over to you to talk about that element. But if they could take it down to that that level and identify what it is that we associate with coffee at a molecular level, could they recreate that without using coffee beans? Which of course sounds totally bizarre. But actually, actually however they've done it, they seem to have done it. And um, the amount of information they give away, and we'll talk a little bit more about this later on, but the amount of information they give away is limited. I suspect there's a reason for that we'll get into. Yeah. But it is limited. But they, they take, they, what they do is they call upcycling plants. So they take existing uh, plants that are farmed, mm-hmm. uh, and they're based in America. So they take um, U.S. basically crop wastage, certain plants like sunflowers yeah. and they take that and they use that waste to create the molecular uh the molecular um i don't know copies the wrong word but they they take the elements that they need from those plants that closely map what they what we what we like and what we get out of coffee and they combine and mix and i don't know dance around like uh like witch doctors and the result is something that actually tastes apparently remarkably good and indistinguishable from a good cup of coffee. And they've done a number of tests, sort of YouTube videos and various videos on their site, where they, you know, blind test people with a Starbucks on one side and their coffee on another, and you know, which do you prefer? And about two thirds of the people were preferring their. I'm doing little air quotes here. Coffee over the over the Starbucks, uh-huh. which you know, well, I mean, some might some might say that's not a high bar, but um, <laughs> not only uh, it's actually it's a cold brew. But well, they did a cold brew, but they also did they have done a hot as well. Okay, uh, but you're absolutely right. They started with the cold brew because that was that was simpler, and um, and I also believe that they, uh, you know, they're adding coloring agents and other things to make it look more coffee-ish. I know, you don't need um, to do that. Uh-huh. So anyway, so that's basically, I'm going to just stop there. That's that's basically what they're doing. So they're taking these, uh, they're upcycling plant wastage, mm-hmm. uh, which is obviously good for the environment. Um, and they're, they're somehow, they've mapped, um, they've mapped the, the molecular elements of coffee that make it coffee and then have all the pleasure for us and, and the caffeine and everything else. They've got all the right ingredients as it were, and they're able to reconstitute it into what effectively is similar to a unroasted green bean. They then roast that and, uh, and produce coffee from, or produce a coffee like substance from it, which they brew. And, um, they're currently doing it as cold brews because I think there's additional challenges with making uh, hot coffee. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, say that they they, they want to uh, they want to start making well beans they said but it's actually going to be pellets. yeah yeah there'll be pellets yeah that you can so l- 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 let's not jump ahead oh, how the hell does this work Max well so it reminds me of what my grandpa used to say when people asked him jokingly because it's a well known thing in uh, in winemakers because my grandpa used to make his own wine. Uh, oh, yeah. It wasn't very good, but it was genuine, and it had grapes. And I'm saying that because when you when you asked him, so how do you make? Uh, how is it? How is wine made? Well, you can you can even use use grapes. 
That's what he would say. Mm-hmm. Because you can, you can, since the 70s, you can actually make wine with uh, powders and water. So yeah. these reverse engineering foods is, is not a new thing by any right. means. Um, there was a guy that uh, my, my father knew that uh, he used to make wine with, uh, with water using the Arno River uh, water, which is the, the river that goes through Florence. And if you've ever been to Florence, it's the brown thing that goes through. Yeah, it didn't look very nice. Yeah. I went to swim in there, but he was using that too. Okay, what? all right. He was warm in there? No, no, I said I wouldn't have ah, swum. No, I don't think you can. I don't think he's Newtonian. Yeah. <laughs> you, probably, you can walk on it. Um, the, the reason why he was using that water is that because it, it didn't have the right, uh, the right flavor, otherwise the right body or something. <laughs> and go figure. Probably was um, ion balance or something, but... Uh, he, t- he made it try to some people. It was like, oh, so what do you think of this? It was exactly the same thing. It was the, the same thing that they were doing mm-hmm. with coffee. So what do you think? Oh, well, you know, it's not, of course, it's not a, a great wine, but it's, you know, drinkable. Mm-hmm. It's uh, honest. It's, uh, it's okay. It's, uh, I would drink it. Yeah, okay, mm-hmm. good. Because that has never seen even, the, even a, a single grape. Right. And Interesting. It's the same thing that these guys are doing. What is uh, that, I think, is uh, sometimes... When you leave engineers on their own or chemical engineers on their own for too long, they tend to do this thing that um, they forget if if you can do something, doesn't mean you should do it. Okay. Sounds like you've got a challenge coming yes. up. Yes. So personally, I don't understand what's this, what is the point of creating a substitute drink from coffee when you could create pretty much anything you can you can upcycle those plants and you can why do you want to call it coffee it's the same thing that upsets me about uh, you know when someone turns vegan and he said oh i made vegan salami why do you have to call it salami just call it whatever it is whatever you want yeah it's just marketing max people think that way they need to pigeonhole something we don't want to have to think about creating a new like uh you know a, a new thing that we have to understand i am totally up for it and i Totally understand that, but the the fact that they're doing these um, these drink because I'm not I, re- I refuse to call it coffee because uh, to be honest it's not coffee it's not it's not, coffee. It's not from the coffee plant they right? say that yeah. actually not so I read in their in their um, FAQs the, they they can actually legally call it coffee they can they can't they can they can. Okay, so they can leak. But you know why, don't you? It's because it's not uh, it's not French. Hmm? <laughs> Sorry, I'm just I'm thinking back. The, all our American friends are completely lost by now. But uh, do you remember that whole the whole thing about uh, champagne? And the French said, "You must not call your sparkling wine uh, champagne because it is uh, champagne. It has to come from the region of France, uh, like this." That is precisely and, what I'm going at. That is actually oh precisely. You Europeans, you it's honestly, not, I swear. So, the, the fact, for example, wine, you know, we talk about wine, every, everyone likes a good bottle of wine. Mm-hmm. And what is behind that bottle of wine? It's the, um, I forgot how it's called, the terrage. Terroir? Yes. So, that is everything that comes with the wine. So 
you can take the same grapes that you can grow Brunello, for example. You, you grow Brunello grapes, which is, uh, I think, if I remember correctly, is uh, Sangiovese. Mm-hmm. But if you put them somewhere else, if you take the same plant and you transplant it in another in another area, it's not going to be Brunello. It's going to be a wine that has different flavors because of the soil, because of the sun exposure, because of the different climate, because of the different winds. And on top of that, the downstream processing. So what you do after you you squeeze the grapes, how you ferment it, what is the microorganisms that you use to ferment because it's going to be a different strain of yeast. And then what, what happens after that, where you store it, where you age it. So do you age it in oak barrels? Do you age it in steel barrels? Do you age it in uh, another, another barrel? How the barrels have been... Um, aged and uh, treated because, for example, Brunello, you can only produce so much Brunello because the barrels that produce Brunello take mm-hmm. forever to, to um, acclimatize, right. to break in, if you want. So yep. they, they are the same barrels that have been used for centuries to make that wine. Yeah. If you all of a sudden say, oh, this is an oak barrel, there you go. And no, it's not the same. And that is, um, unfortunately, that is the American approach. Mm-hmm. Well, that was the difference between, of course, uh, 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 whiskey and bourbon. Precisely. So it's it's a different it's a different thing altogether. I mean, I wouldn't want to call something coffee when there is no reference or no no ties. Okay. Look, it's a fair point. Yes. Let me just move this on a little bit, though, because it's a fair point, and and your point's taken. And actually, you're right. I'm right. Um, <laughs> uh, but I'll edit a bit out so no one will know. But um, but there's also but the, consider it from a different point of view. Mm-hmm. Let's just say, let's accept for a second that their their argument is um, that we're destroying the environment, right? Yeah. We're we're cutting down uh, the the rainforest to Which to try. Fair point. To, yeah, so we're 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 doing all of this. Coffee farmers are poor, um, but that's actually nothing I'm coming on to in a second. But they, you know, coffee that's farmers are poor completely. They're... Then, <laughs> <laughs> that was damn it. That was my point. God, oh, okay, <laughs> all right. So, 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 but these let's just take off these few points, right? So the first thing is is you've got um, the fact is that the, the climate change uh, is impacting uh, Arabica, and there's a lot of work going into trying to to counter that. But so far, there's 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 been no you know, silver bullet that's going to uh, that people can point to that says this this, this has solved the problem. Mm-hmm. Secondly, we've got deforestation, and and then thirdly, you know, we've got the the farmers who aren't earning very much money. Mm-hmm. So these three points that they that they have uh, brought up, and let's take off the first one: climate change. Yeah. Okay. So if climate change continues, um, actually, our coffee, as we call it, coffee, is going to is going to potentially disappear, or large parts, and we're going to potentially disappear well, second point i think it's we are going to change more than disappear uh well okay um but carry on but the coffee you've made a number of points about how you know the terroir and everything okay. else is important and that's going to change mm-hmm. so you won't have that anymore yes. the second thing is uh we have got a lot of deforestation from from farming activities mm-hmm. um whether it be in coffee, cocoa, and, and palm oil, and everything else, is a big problem. Absolutely, it's a big problem, and governments have shown that they are unwilling to to come down hard 
on uh, the private organizations. The private organizations have kind of shown that they like to pay a lot of lip service and pretend a lot, but the reality is uh, they could have made a change, but they haven't done. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so the deforestation continues. What if uh, somebody came along with a product um, and said, this solves those problems, but if we call it delicious brown sludge, you know, have your delicious, delicious brown sludge in the morning, have a shot of, you know, brown sludge. Um, and it just happens to taste just absolutely like coffee, but, but it doesn't take off because we've called it brown sludge. Yeah. And if the, if we wanted to affect a real meaningful change, we would have to pigeonhole this into something that people understood. And we said, okay, you know what, you know how you'd have to have coffee in the morning. This is coffee. Okay, it's, it's a special kind of coffee. Don't worry about what it is. It's coffee and it's good for the planet. And you go, oh, okay, all right. Would you like a Kenyan flavor or a Kenya, uh, uh, an Ethiopian flavor, Colombian? No problem. We can do that. Decaf? Yeah, not a problem. We've got all that, right? Mm-hmm. Isn't, the, isn't it worth the, the giving up on the purest kind of approach to, hold on a second, this isn't technically coffee, so I refuse to call it coffee and accept that small injustice for the benefit, the gain that you're going to get from uh, from all the benefits that we've just uh, enumerated? Uh, I think they are answering a question, sorry, they are catering for a group that we don't belong to. As a coffee enthusiast, we never... Yeah, yeah you're right. It's not, not really aimed for us, is it? After all, the demographic was Starbucks. Exactly. The demographic is the average American that uh, wakes up and needs a caffeine kick. So whether that that comes from a from a can of Coke or a, uh, a delicious brown sludge, <laughs> wherever that comes from, if you call it coffee, they're gonna just say, "Yeah, I like it. It's fine. It's a, it's a cold brew or it's whatever. It's it's not the way it's brewed because the cold brew that they they are they look after." They are bottles mm-hmm. of soft drinks that are stored in fridges in a supermarket for weeks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, we all know that once you made a coffee, you have, what, an hour to, to drink it before, before it doesn't taste what it was? Well, uh, if you make cold brew, you can keep it in the fridge for a few days. Yes, but it will change. And we know that very well because it will change eventually. So if you are after the small nuances that you can extract from the coffee, well, you're not going to find them in a cold brew that's been stored in a God knows how long because, I mean, it's stored in the, in the fridges for, for a couple of weeks. But I don't think this means our coffee is going to go away, Max. I think this just means that we'll have an alternative. It's not going to go away, but uh, if you reduce the demand, the, you're going to reduce also the, the will to, to produce it. Well, this is doubt. Okay, so this brings it on to the area where I have got serious concerns, mm-hmm. which is, um, which is, so look at not just the coffee farmers, but the countries with whom coffee is a major economic uh, 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 beneficiary. No, no, that's the right word. It's a major contributor mm-hmm. to the economy. Yeah. And so if you, I mean, you know, for some countries, it's like the number one, number two, number three, uh, biggest contributor to their uh, economy. Mm-hmm. And it's produced, you know, it's livelihoods for tens of thousands of farmers. 
if you suddenly say, you know what, we've got this more ecological uh, uh, way of making sludge, which, by the way, uh, no one can take that. I've, I'm coining that term. I, I think this could be a hit sludge uh, trademarked, just letting everyone know. Uh, okay. Um, so that that if, technical term for formulation, that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to wake up in the morning and say, man, i I got to get downstairs, get my sludge going. Um, and uh, so, so if you are on a serious note, if you are, uh, if you are able to make something that the vast majority of people and maybe Starbucks with their, you know, um, ecologically sound, whatever public relations sustainability officer does, mm -hmm. uh, then they say, great, you know, we're upcycling plant waste, which means that it's, it's carbon footprint is close to zero. Amazing. <clears throat> and, uh, and, uh, we're not having to deforest anything. We don't have to fight all the time. Like, people complaining that we're contributing to deforestation and global warming. So they buy in that. Mm -hmm. And what happens now to South America? What happens now to Ethiopia? What happens to all those farmers? And what do they do instead? I mean, you know, you're absolutely right. So you and I will still say, oh, no, I must have my, you know, organically grown at uh, 1,200 meters, blah, blah, blah. But the price of that is going to skyrocket because – they won't be selling the same quantities of it. It'll be a much smaller market. I mean, I, I don't, you know, I'm not an economist. Um, I don't know how that would all map out. Enough people would leave. Not for, Maybe the, for the growers even. And they, they, they can decide, I'm not going to grow coffee anymore. I'm going to grow corn because the husks give me more revenue because they are upcycled into the sludge. Well, they're going to have to grow something. Well, yeah, I mean, but but then we won't need to. This is the whole point. They don't. You, they'd actually, yeah, maybe. But but um, actually, be interesting economically to work out whether if they're taking it from from upcycled plants in the U.S., mm -hmm. how much sludge they could create uh, from. I mean, it's probably enough to to, to meet yeah. a significant percentage of worldwide demand so there is which means there'd be no interest <coughs> in foreign farmers growing crops to 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 upcycle their waste yeah i mean it's it's a waste uh, that 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 kind of biomass is a is a is a loss anyway you, you sell it for peanuts mm -hmm. is absolutely cheap as chips to to obtain it you can try yeah. to ferment it to obtain bioethanol or biofuels in general for example that's one of the ways that they try to use it, but yeah, um, it, a, it's, it doesn't work. Yeah, that was a con. That was a con. No, 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 no. no. It was it was a genuine project. It wasn't a con. No, out in the U.S., it was a bit of a con because they they subsidize farmers to to create um, biofuel, and they found that um, they found, so they were growing corn or whatever. I can't remember what that they were growing corn. I think it was to make so biofuel. Used to use uh, corn um, kernels. Not yeah, but but the but the carbon footprint yeah. to harvest the corn to make the 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 biofuel was was worse than 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 just buying petrol. Yes, but that's because the scale. The problem oh. is the yield that you have from from these fermentations, which are which are very low. Right. Um, so I, I know people that used to work in that industry. Uh, so I know that that actually it was a genuine uh, process. It is a genuine process. It's just that it's not, um, it's not convenient, especially after the petrol uh, 
crashed. When the mm-hmm. petrol price crashed, that industry was redundant yeah. because there was no more yeah. margin to develop it anymore. And that's why they yeah. shut it down. Yeah. Yeah. Don't think it's going to recover anytime soon. So going back to this then, yeah. we don't know what's going to happen to farmers, but I don't think anyone's actually tackled this in these stories I've read. I might try and contact Atomo and see if they come back to us and it's ask them this question. Company, And I think that, uh, to be honest, I don't think that that is going to impact any sort of economics in that they will atomo won't well unless they grow very quickly and suddenly you're right it's a small company they will do what what they always do they always do these companies so it's a startup so Mm -hmm. someone that came out of university with an idea which they pursued it's something that is sellable and uh, i believe they will sell but it's not a, a breakthrough invention it's not something that is going to replace coffee. It's not something. It's something that is going to sit right next to coffee, and some people will buy it over time, and mm-hmm. they will carve their market uh, wedge out with, from people that w- would use, for example, um, instant coffee, and they wouldn't really care about what it is. It's just oh, it tastes mm-hmm. good. I, I like the taste of this. Um, they might be able to sell to the whole foods uh, crowd. Um, by appealing on the fact that it's non-GMO because they were already stressing it on the um, on the what do you call it <sighs> website on their website yes FAQ <laughs> yeah uh, I've read it and uh, they were saying oh it's non-GMO grown plants and everything and that actually has a higher carbon footprint already if it's a GM plants and GM plants are I don't think they're allowed in the US still. So I don't really see the point of saying that it's non-GM plants. Um, it's just, so it's, that's a marketing thing. Yeah, as I was gonna say, that that's largely like a so, secondary yeah. kind of considerations for, so they for their, from their marketing. Doing that, and they're already, you know, advertising themselves to be bought by a company and uh, just carve out their, um, their market share. And then the CEO or the founder is going to just sell out and uh, live the good life, which is brilliant, which is, you know, if you have an idea that can, can pay you a lifetime, do it. That's- well, look, they've got, um, they've got external investments. So, so most external investors, the vast majority, mm-hmm. uh, expect an exit. So you're absolutely right. They will either, the exits involve either selling or um, having a follow-on strategic investment that buys them out at a, uh-huh. at a premium or IPOing on, on a stock market. And there's less and less IPOs these days uh, for various reasons. So probably um, a trade sale to another organization is, is, is the way it'll happen. Um, but Or they might stay small and private and try to grow in profitability, but that's unlikely given the, given the fact, again, external investors, that's what expect, uh, they, they expect. I mean, the, the guy in, in created his own company, and um, rightly so, if he managed to, to, to make money out of it, good, good for him. It's a, it's a great yeah. thing. Yeah, well, the CEO actually doesn't have a background in coffee. He's got a background in uh, internet payments, apparently. So, and he's a serial entrepreneur. So, yeah. you know, he's got a modus operandi of make something and sell it and move on to the next thing. So, no doubt that that actually is what they're going to do. But yeah, my point isn't so much whether Atomo <laughs> survives and changes the world; it's whether the the, the premise is it's it does is this concept going to change the world? And I I tell you, uh, in my opinion. 
is I, I tell you very exactly my opinion, and that is that I don't know. But uh, what I do know is if it was cheaper, mm -hmm. if it's cheaper, that's a very attractive thing. You know who, who it would be attractive for, I believe. Not if they directly sell their sludge. I would be very interested if I was, for example, Nescafe or um, yeah. a, you know, an instant coffee producer. This thing tastes yeah. coffee great, perfect. So can we spray dry it and yeah. sell it as instant coffee? That's, yeah, that's done. So it's, it's it's if they can find a cheap way to do this, it's cheap. Then if, if it's if it's cheap to do, if it's cheaper, then a company is going to uh, is going to just crunch the numbers and say, you know what, we can sell this on the basis that we are a ecologically friendly company mm -hmm. and that we're doing this really wonderful thing because we love the planet so much. But really, they're just making more money and and. If they can get those numbers right, if they can get it to scale at a at a at a price that is not cost comparable but cost effective or cost advantageous mm -hmm. versus uh, buying in coffee beans, you know, then I think um, then I think it's a real threat to the industry. Yeah, uh, but either way, actually, I don't think it's a bad thing. I think it's a good thing because um, because it gives us options. It gives the world options. Yeah, I just. I just honestly, I worry about. Uh, I do worry about the farmers and about the the countries relying on coffee exports. Um, and it reminds me a little bit like the Middle East, who have been addicted to their the money that they're making off of oil. They yeah. go to Dubai at the moment. Uh, budgets in Dubai have been cut. I was talking to someone uh, last night about um, who's working in the government over there, and uh, saying their budgets are cut. Like budgets are cut, like in half and more. Um, they're desperately trying to to reinvent themselves and to cross train and to build up their own skills internally because they realize that it's it's the end of oil, you know, gravy train, and they need to they actually now need to find something else that they can do uh, and use the money they've got right now to invest into and to build out something else. And I, I sort of, there's a parallel there to, I think, what some of these other countries are going to perhaps, just perhaps, have to face in the next 10 years, which is uh, our agriculture industry of, of coffee as being our number two export and contributor to GDP or whatever. Mm -hmm. That what, what if that gets, doesn't have to get completely decimated, doesn't have to go down to zero, but what if, that's, what if that drops by 40%? You know, what's, what's the impact uh, of that on our country? Exactly. And... It might be quite. It might be quite significant. So you know, these countries need to be need to be looking, I guess, at you know, probably probably sticking with agriculture. And st this is the thing. Actually, this is the thing that, that from a deforestation point of view, it may not help. It's not make any difference. Actually, because they're still going to farm something, right? Yeah. They're going to just farm something else. Yeah, actually, uh, anything that produces wastage, it's more wasteful than having a coffee plantation because a coffee plantation, the, the plants live for years yeah you're right so you're it's right. a stable thing it's like a vineyard vineyards yeah. are uh, great because they're there and they're they're preserved if you have something that produces wastage means that you harvest everything every year every season maybe twice a year say for example corn corn is not environmentally friendly it's it got a, a low footprint, uh, sorry, a low carbon footprint because of the acreage, because of the yield. 
but it's uh, it produces a lot of of carbon right. biomass that you waste and then you can either burn it or do other things with it but in terms of uh, acreage that you need it's very large it's not compatible with for example with a coffee region uh, you could make uh, in there you could make i don't know wine because any sort of crop at that te- at that height is not going to work and in those right. kind of situations it's not going to work well let, let just one other thing cuz i i want to i'm i don't want to forget this but one thing that really interested me mm-hmm. was how they were extracting the flavors and two things actually yeah. one was was the how that the talking about the flavors for a second because they say that they are able to emulate the flavors from different regions so if you want an ethiopian they'll be able to emulate the uh ethiopian uh the ethiopian uh uh sort of flavor profiles or if you want something from guatemala they can do a guatemalan yeah well how do, you, how do they do that you so know that is that's this strictly dependent on the precursor molecules and then you go through what the roasting process which creates a mylard reaction and uh, they there was a seminar on these that uh um we went through. Uh, one of us didn't fall asleep halfway through it. Let's <laughs> sleep. I started. I got about ten minutes into that webinar, and I was sitting on the sofa, and the cat jumped up onto my lap, and I was watching on my phone. And the next thing I knew, it was a message from you, like you know, hey, how was the seminar? And I'm like, oh wow, finished now. <laughs> so um, yeah, it. So that was explaining how this flavor profiling works. It's um, it's very simple technique, but it's a very complicated flavor profile. So you have thousands of compounds that come out of these reactions. So what when, what you do is when you roast something, all the proteins and all of the carbohydrates and all of the complex molecules they start to break down, and they break down in smaller molecules. Some of them are volatiles, and they are the the, the aroma, the flavors, the the the, the smells. And some other ones are more um, heavy and they are uh, dark. So they mm-hmm. look brown and they they give body and color to, to whatever you're roasting. Am I correct? So I'm going back to my science days, which is, you know, quite a long time ago. But is a volatile compound one that goes into a gas? Yes. Is that my- ah, my God, I sound smart. <laughs> so it's what you smell, but at the same time, it's also what you taste. Oh, all, okay. of the pro- all of the flavors are... Um, Typically, uh, they are um, um, solvent-soluble. They are hydrophobic and volatile often. They're generally small molecules. And when you taste something, you're tasting what your nose, part of what your nose is uh, smelling as well. In fact, if you, uh-huh. if you close your nose and uh, and you try to taste, and taste something, yeah, you can't taste it in half exactly. as well, can you? Exactly. You know. Because it's it's a combination of things. It's a combination of smells and uh, flavors and different things. And uh, salt molecules, for example, the salts they, they interact with the with the way that your mouth and your your taste buds pick up the, the different flavors. That's so it's possible that somebody can actually just take and so you can say what makes a Kenyan taste like a Kenyan. You can you can actually get that down to the molecular level. Yes. And you can say right these molecules and we need to. We need to, because you're not going to get the same molecules. And I'm sorry, this, I know this sounds really dumb, but you don't get the same molecules, but you get 
something which has the same properties? Or how do you replicate that? Um, you can do it both ways. You can actually get close to it because you know that those proportions of certain um, certain flavor molecules and, and uh, um, scent molecules they are uh, typical of that of that. Um, I don't want to say region, but um, yeah, that, that kind of broad region of, of coffee. And it's not going to be like we, we, we do, for example, and oh, this is from this region, you can actually tell these, dif- these small differences. It's going to be more acidic or more chocolatey. And that's how it's going to be. You can't really do nuances, also because it's pointless. Because what kind of nuance would you, would you, would you go after? You uh-huh. definitely find different nuances if you keep the, the the roasting flavor. I mean, you can technically do the same that you do with coffee. Uh, so different roasting profiles and roast, ro- roasting different uh, blends and different combinations of the biomass, they will definitely give you different taste profiles. But yeah. they didn't go for that. They didn't say, oh, let's roast, let's do something that is like coffee, but has the same, shares the same um making in a way so let's take this biomass we roast it and then we extract coffee like and we add caffeine okay. and so on maybe we ferment it a little bit or we we do something different we add some sugars or something um or that's the way that they went let's try to emulate coffee by extracting the, the flavor molecules that we want from these processes. And I would have been much more interested, for example, if they did a beverage that is not coffee, but it's a, a roasted biomass uh, extract. And they just said, it sounds so delicious. It might. It might. You never you know. should work on marketing. Roasted biomass extract. It's... Mm. Uh, some of that tomorrow. Mm. I prefer to do it my sludge. It's but, but okay. So so just to, so the 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 you're saying because I think what we know is then you, we know they're using sunflower. And by the way, they don't give away a lot of what they no. they do. They say it's proprietary. Yeah. And I suspect the reason for that is because it's not that difficult to replicate. Not only that, I think also because it's gross and that would people would put people <laughs> off. That's another theory. Um, that's but typically the, you the problem. Is, wait, 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 wait. You, you yeah. go to the first person that is walking on high street. So you uh-huh. not a, not a coffee enthusiast. A person that drinks coffee, and you say, "Here is a drink that is uh, that is made from um, um, farm waste." Mm-hmm. That's what it is. So farm wastage. Um, would you drink it? You gotta be mad. Yeah, okay, well, this is coming from the guy that just labeled it, you know, fermented biomass extract. But okay, I take your point. I'm not a market. I'm a so, scientist. I'm not a marketing man. <laughs> There's a reason for it. So, so, so you're saying that you can take a molecule. So, anyway, I think that um, I think that probably they they their process could be easily replicated, uh, and that's why they don't want to give it away. Mm-hmm. Um, if they patent it, the problem with patenting, I'm just gonna. This is just uh, this is something some people might find interesting because people say, "Well, just patent it, and that protects it." Well, actually, there's different patent uh, mechanisms in, in different countries. Like every country, pretty much has its own patenting mechanism. Mm-hmm. And uh, different ones are are more stringent. So the U.S. is very light. 
it's like very easy to get a patent. You can pretty much patent anything in the US. The problem is you take that somewhere else and it won't apply because the patent won't be accepted. So uh, Germany, for example, has a pretty good patent system. The UK has a very strong patent system where it's very, very difficult to get a patent. But if you get a patent in the UK, you can pretty much apply it in most countries around the world. Yeah. Um, because if it meets the high bar in the UK, you know it's going to meet the low bar in the US. Um, however, on the other hand, if you, from a marketing point of view, if you patent something in the US, uh, it might mean that some people can patent it elsewhere. But if you're trying to go for a global business and you can't attack the US market because the patent is in the US market, it might make it non-commercially viable anyway. So it's quite complicated, yeah. this whole patenting business. And the other problem with patenting is that if you patent something, you've got to show, and it goes under a matter of public record, mm -hmm. your process. Yes. So now you've told everybody. You don't show the whole process. Ah, well, that's the key. This is what you do, is you patent a part of the process so that no one can recreate what you've done without breaking your patent, but they still have, they still don't have the whole formula. Mm -hmm. and, and that's the key to trying to, to work it out. And I suspect you could actually they may be going in a, in a very tight spot by patenting coffee. Yeah, yeah, and they may be in all sorts of. They might, they may not be able to patent it. That's the truth of it. Not globally, so they, they're keeping it all their, their their cards close to the chest, probably for all of the above reasons. Um, there's another one. Uh, patents yeah. expire, and patents expire. Well, they don't expire for a while. Oh, no, and then no, you can no. you ha you can you have I think five years to exploit them. It depends which patents. Uh, oh no, that's a patent pending. You've got patent pending, and then you got a patent. Um, you you get patent pending on your initial. Uh, process yeah. and they're not cheap i think in the uk last time i was looking at patenting something it was like 20 grand yeah uh, it can be much more expensive i mean uh, i work in a company that patents a lot mm -hmm. um, so it's you have to patent as close to the release date as possible because otherwise uh -huh. you lose your protection if you patent something now and you launch your product in the next year or in the year after, you lose one year of revenue. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. I've never looked at it commercially uh, like that before. Yeah. So, um, but there's one other thing that, you know, we need to talk about. It's very pertinent and important mm -hmm. question in the Atomo uh, package, which is, okay, so they're going to have this faux coffee, like faux leather. Uh, it's an interesting analogy, isn't it? The, mm -hmm. the, the faux leathers have done very well. You know, you, people are pretty happy with their faux leather jackets and their faux leather handbags. Um, but uh, so the faux coffee, uh, Atomo, uh, they, they're going to make, they call them beans, but they'll be affected like pellets um, so that baristas and other people can grind their own and, and still, and still, still you know do their thing and still have some control over what kind of output they get um what are your what are your thoughts on that i think it's uh rubbish <laughs> to be honest it's rubbish yeah uh, it's gonna be all right for the people who've got those like you know those 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 uh espresso machines at home with a built-in grinder and they can chuck the beans in and feel like they're they're they've got you know yeah they've got the real thing they're not gonna so if you the thing is, if you don't care about the coffee, how it tastes or where it comes from or whatever, you're not going to go as far as having beans. Very unlikely. 
No, I don't. I know. I disagree with you on that. I think there's a lot of people that go down to the the, the Sainsbury's, the Tesco's, the local supermarket, and they buy any old beans there and they chuck it in and they feel that because they've got beans and the beans say dark roast Italian beans, they think that's top of the, you know, fantastic. Mm-hmm. That's that's as good as it gets. And they chuck that into their, you know, Breville and, and away they go. Yes. And they're happy and they think they've got they think they've got the top. Yes, and uh, why would they get some for coffee? Because they're they're green. It depends on the marketing. It's all about the it's the marketing challenge for them. It's it's. I think their 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 selling point could be it's simple. So, for example, spray dry coffee, instant coffee, mm-hmm. brilliant, brilliant. Mm. It's very simple. Take a spoon, put it in. Done. And it tastes good. It tastes like coffee. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you I, know, you could be right. I think you're onto something there. I suspect this is the conversation they're having in their boardroom. Yeah. I think, you know, having it in pellets, I mean, you, you have to go through all the trouble of making these things into pellets and then make sure that you can extract it efficiently in a coffee machine. And you have to have, uh, for example, CO2 in it. You have to have... How are you going to replicate that? You're going to have to add things to these pellets, which are an extra complication. Otherwise, it's not going to have any camera. It's mm. not going to look right. Do you think if I write to them, they'll send us some? We can try. What if I said my name was James Hoffman and I gave him my address? Yeah. yeah. Do you know what? They... they, they i could i could i bet i wonder if james hoffman on gmail i wonder if there's a gmail hold let me just try and check uh google no don't do that <laughs> well, we could actually we could actually uh ask james hoffman what he thinks about it and uh, either collaborate or have him to do a review of the of it you have to do the sensible approach um, I was going to type in, I was going to have a fake James Hoffman, James Hoffman 112. That's probably and not. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I'll say, uh, hi, could you send the coffee to, and then I'll give him my address. But he, I mean, he's pretty open to these things and uh, he's actually, he could, he could move. We could do none of the work. We could get him to do all the work by just by pointing him and say, hey, there's a great idea. Why don't you check that out? Yeah. And uh, and just let him do all the work, yeah, and then comment on it. I like your thing. I like your thinking. It's kind of like a lazy approach. Well, it's efficient. <laughs> well, laziness often is. I tell you what, you know, um, and and he might even even um, you know mention our podcast. Well, what I want him to do is, I just want him to send me some beans, some some of the coffee over. I say beans, pellets, <laughs> whatever they've got. I send me some. So the pellets, I don't think they're ready. I think they are oh, already. Yeah. They only have okay. sludge ready. The sludge. I told you that's trademark. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to. I'm going to license it. I'm going to use the word sludge trademarked. <laughs> Sue me. I love the idea of a bit of coffee sludge in the morning. Doesn't it sound good? Uh, no. Mm. <laughs> in the sludge. Mm. <laughs> kind of like when you're in space. Like in the future, this is what a life is going to be like. You know, yeah, yeah. And we're all floating around in space yeah, and uh, sure. there's no farms or anything. Everything has to be replicated through the Star Trek replicator. Exactly. And at that point, I'm going to ask you then, if you can have a pill for everything, why go through the trouble of having to grind the coffee and, and 
and, and extract it. It's all in the fun, Max. Take, don't take it's all the fun away from fun life. Is when it's worth it. It has to make to be worth it. Yeah, but you know what? In order to be worth it, it has to not be worth it some of the time. Because if it was worth it all the time, it wouldn't be worth it. There'd be no. It's like having you know, it's the age-old argument of saying, um, of saying, if there's uh, how do you know what light is without the dark? You need the dark to know what the light is. You know, you need the disasters to know the successes. Mm. True. True. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, hey, you know what? We've talked for one hour, two minutes, and 20 seconds. Wow. Yeah. And that was the warm up. So, let's, should we get on to the main body of the podcast yeah, today? Yeah. Yeah. Shall we talk about yeah. the machine? <laughs> that was the. <laughs> I got a few things I want to talk to you about, actually. Uh, so, but first, we'll end the podcast and then, and then we'll talk about them. Um, yeah. So, Thanks a lot, Max. I will see you next week. I, uh, by the way, are you in lockdown? What do you mean? Uh, what do you mean? What, what do you mean? What do I mean? My phone went off. My alert went off for my COVID app, which is useless, by the way. <laughs> um, yeah, well, you know, look, they only spent two billion on it so far, or something. Mm. Um, did you know that two billion pounds on this app? Yeah. I would have done it for one billion. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> I would have done a better job for a billion pounds. Um, but it's all right. Look, those politicians need the money in their back pockets. <laughs> uh, so uh, for a billion pounds, this thing came up and alerted me, actually alerted me yesterday, first of all, mm -hmm. to say, you've been in contact, close contact with somebody who's had COVID. And so I tapped the message and it went to the app, which then showed me nothing. Hmm. So I have no idea. Does that, should I do something? Has I have I been in close contact? When? Who with? Well, you should. Where you should was this? I don't know. It just who knows. But then the app came up again this morning and said um, your 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 risk profile or something like that has changed, and we're now in a medium high risk, which means we can't uh, we can't associate with other households. Oh, wow. Um, which is absolutely nothing new for me. I, I don't associate with other households anyway. Mm -hmm. Uh, so looking at it right now <laughs> yeah are, are you got the app yeah. yeah yeah what does it tell you because mine i'll tell you what mine says mine says that uh, my postcode is in local covid alert level medium i see i'm medium high i'm medium high and um and that's pretty much all it tells me okay yeah yeah no no so um but, a, but it did say something before about uh, I've been in contact with somebody, but then it didn't, it, that was it. I went to the app and there was nothing, there was no information there, pretty useless. Um, but yeah, so listen, uh, so I'm not going anywhere now. I'm, I'm, I'm staying where I am. Uh, I do need to go and do a inventory check of my toilet paper. <laughs> and, and then I need to do, I need to extrapolate uh, the, uh, the the number of roles I've got and the number of potential weeks lockdown and see yeah, if last uh, tasted actually I could I could tell a, a hint of um, of um, yeast and uh, a little bit of a back flavor of um, uh, hand gel hand sanitizer and a strong body of toilet paper I can I could totally feel the lockdown coming. Yeah, it, it's true. Uh, I, we need to do an impact analysis uh, of this and possibly ration the toilet paper to two squares <laughs> maximum per person per day. Uh, so um, <laughs> I 
what did we do before toilet paper? This is actually, if you ever want to think about how good our life is, when people, everyone's complaining, the students are all complaining, having gone out and then, you know, wrecked everybody else's lives by spreading the disease. They now all complain they're locked up in university. Um, and, uh, and, but they all complain about how difficult their lives are. Uh, just remember, you know, it wasn't that long ago. It was a couple of generations ago. We didn't have toilet paper. We didn't have dentists. We didn't have air conditioning. Yeah. Do you know? Well, didn't have uh, didn't have espresso machines. True. Believe it exactly. Or not. But uh, <laughs> I don't want to say it. But you know, everyone was laughing when I when, when I was when I wanted to install a bidet. Oh, I, mate! No. You know, forget about bidets. No, bidets are so French and 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 whatever century that this is. Uh, you need to go to the Japanese toilet. Man, those things are. <laughs> Have you ever have you ever sat in a Japanese toilet? No. Oh my! Oh Max! Oh Max! You you don't know what you're missing. If you're a B day kind of guy, <laughs> why are we talking about? If you're a B day kind of guy, um, then you need to. And by the way, I've got a I've got to see if I can find this sign. When I was uh, in Saudi Arabia, uh, they don't use toilet paper there. Uh, it's up to the hotel. Got to but if you go into public toilets, there's no toilet paper. And then there's, there were various signs on how to do things and how to do your business, uh, which were very funny because they were very graphic signs um, on, on how to do stuff.